I went to get up, I just fell right back down. And my knee just started killing me right then. And I started crying right away. I thought my season was done. Welcome to the Lyman Country Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things Lyman Country. Tune in to hear stories from Lyman, aspiring Lyman, and others who work in the industry. Now here are your hosts, David Powell and PJ Nardi. Welcome to the Lyman Country Podcast. I'm David Powell, and I'm joined here by PJ Nardi. With PJ Nardi, and our guest is uh, Mr. Trevor Scott. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. So, um, Trevor, um, one of the things that um, we're interested in with, with the podcast is being able to let listeners know that are interested in a similar career path um, and which, which what, what career path that would be. That would be uh, the lineman career path. So you're uh, currently in line school. Um, and so can you give a little bit of information about really, you know, your background, history, where you're from, that kind of stuff? Well, yep, I'm from Pensacola, Florida, um, 20 years old. Just graduated high school one year ago. I worked for Deep South Cranes, and I just always wanted to be a lineman. And on vacation, we used to take this interstate right here, and we would always see them poles on the side of the road. I didn't know what it was. My parents didn't know what it was. So we just looked on Google Maps, and it said uh, Lyman Training Center. So we did some research on that. And turns out it was everybody's saying it's the best one to go to. And so I went, filled out everything, and glad I got accepted. Wow. So that's Interstate 59 for those that uh, are listening. And that, that interstate uh, primarily is, you know, from Birmingham to Chattanooga. Um, but um, it's uh, that's just kind of an interesting story. A lot of guys do. They A lot of people, we hear that often. People drive by and they see a bunch of poles in the ground. Mm-hmm. They usually think it's something to do with utility, but they don't really know it's a lineman school. Yeah, I had no idea. We just looked on Google Maps, and it said lineman training center. So You said you always wanted to be a lineman. Where does that come from? Actually, none of my family's ever been lineman. I just, ever since middle school, I would say, I just always wanted to be a lineman. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's a specific career choice, obviously. Mm-hmm. We know that all the time. We get questions all, you know, what's a lineman training school do? Well, it's not football, and you know it's we, we get that explanation quite a bit. But I think it's great that um, you know that you were able to define a career that you wanted to go into at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Most people are that come here either know what they want to do or they've tried a couple things, and they they do they end up finding something that they didn't even know that they wanted to do. They fall in love with the career path. So that's unique that you had that opportunity. Um, so why don't you tell us a little about your story and kind of Give us some, um, give us a little feedback and kind of what shaped you into the person you are today. Well, my mom really helped me out with pretty much everything. And my dad passed away when I was four years old. And so it's always been really just me and her. And she always told me I could be whatever I wanted. She always helped me out with everything. And, uh, what's, uh, what happened? What happened to your dad? He was in a 
car accident. He was on his way home from Deep South Cranes. He worked there, and he fell asleep while driving. And wow, yep. And that's also how I got involved with Deep South Cranes before here because my dad worked there, and they. We've always been close friends with the owner and everything. He offered me a job while I was waiting to come here, actually. So what uh, what were you doing there? What kind of work? Uh, I ran the cranes around the yard and stuff like that, and that helped me a lot with the crane here. I already knew how to run everything. And um, just picked up stuff around the yard, rigging, and stuff like that. Did that, uh, that actually encourage you to still pursue line work? Did that mean because – Obviously, we, we, we use line trucks, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, we have a crane certification. So, was that something that kind of continued to um, kind of increase the desire to be a lineman? Mm-hmm. I didn't really like working with cranes and stuff. I mean, I just always wanted to be a lineman, and that's what I did when I waited to come here. I was ready to leave and come here. So, your your mom raised you, which I, I had a great mom, so I, I can I can, uh, can understand that. And um so tell us, uh, as far as the rest of your family, that dynamic and stuff like that, obviously having a mom, you know, raising, who else did you have in your household, siblings? I had an older brother, but he didn't live with us. He really wasn't, he was there for me. Like, I love my brother to death, but he showed me stuff like what not to do. Like He's been in trouble with the law before. He went to prison, but he still has a good job now, finally, and that. My mom always told me, don't look at it like you don't want to hate him for that. Just he's showing you what not to do in life. Yeah, I had uh, I had a bunch of older sisters, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, they liked to uh, I guess challenge the rules in the family. I was always a rule follower, so I liked rules, and I kind of stayed in the lines, but also watched them make those mistakes um, and decisions they made um, that allowed me to see that. Gosh, if I if I follow the rules, there's a lot more freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I learned a lot from you know their example as well. Uh, and I was an older brother, mm-hmm. but uh, for me, I, I I felt like I I tried to set a really good example for my for my younger brother just to, so he could see, hey, the best path for me was like if you do the right if you do the right thing, there's just more freedoms and more mm-hmm. options down the road. That was that was really the lesson for me that I learned watching my older sisters. Mm-hmm. So you you. See the line school, you you make the phone calls, you do some research. Obviously, you you, you said you've asked around, you figured out this was the place to be. Yes, you sir. know, um, you come to line school, and so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I'm more curious as to how long between when you applied to when you started class. How long of a waiting period did you go through? Uh, tried to get in the January class. Okay, that didn't happen. Then what's after the January class? You're in it. Oh, this one? Yes. So, yeah, I just waited. Class. The yeah. summer term. Summer term. Yep. yep. I just waited. Okay, so it was about one class that you had to wait. Yes, sir. Okay. So, during that time, did you spend any more time kind of uh, getting to know the trade that you were thinking about going into, mm. researching it? Not really. It's it's interesting you say that because one of the things, one of the questions I have for you is, you know, when you got here, did you did you realize that you were okay with heights or did you have a fear of heights when you got here? I wasn't scared of heights at all, but being on that pole up in the air is a little bit different than heights. I mean, you're holding on by your buck squeeze and stuff and looking down, and you can see just everything. It's a little nerve-wracking, but the first couple of weeks when we up, down, up, down, it 
just gets easier from there. So how do you think it's like, what, what makes it so much different? I can, I, I know I have my own examples of why it seems a little different, but like, what are some things that you've done as far as being at heights? You've been on rooftops, you've been on ladders, you've been up tree stands. A lot of times guys, it'll come here. They talk about, well, I deer hunt and I climb tree stands, mm-hmm. but how is being on the pole on a set of gaffs in a belt different? Well, when you're standing up on a roof or something, you got a hard platform to stand on and you can walk around and look. When you're up on the gaffs, you just got two gaffs in the pole and it gets a little rocky up there and you start losing your stomach and stuff. But it's really, once you get used to it, it's just fun now. I don't want to think about it while I'm up there. Yeah, it's definitely a learned skill. We always talk about, you know, guys don't come here. Uh, it's not natural, you know, for, for most mm-hmm. people learn how to climb but i know for me my my experience just my little limited experience climbing poles is that because there's no point of reference around you you know it's just a bare what we call the butter poles they're just the non-treated poles here Mm -hmm. you're up in the air and there's nothing around there's no limbs there's no point of reference and it just seems like a lot higher than you than you really are yeah it feels a lot higher yeah yeah so was that the biggest challenge that you had to overcome here kind of learning uh not only the climbing technique, but to be comfortable uh, at heights without a point of reference. Mm-hmm. That's really the biggest challenge is them first couple of weeks just climbing, starting to learn out how to do it. It gets a little hard, but all the instructors here help you find the easiest way. And now it's just like a second nature of climbing. I don't want to think twice about it now. Okay, that, that's awesome. Um, it's Obviously, it was a profession that you knew you wanted to get into. Um, you knew the school you wanted to go to. But what's been the biggest surprise uh, coming to line school and learning about the work that you may not have thought about before? Really, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was. I wasn't expecting it to be, it's not easy, but it's not as hard as I was expecting it to be. Don't tell your instructor that. (laughs) (laughs) He just explains everything to us perfect. Fail-proof. Yeah. No, I mean, a good season instructor understands that i mean they're not necessarily trying to we're not trying to weed you out Mm -hmm. the weed out process as you will you could share with our listeners kind of happens really more naturally than anything else yeah for the first couple weeks just like you said you get here a little uncomfortable that pole if you have a true fear of heights Mm -hmm. it's probably probably really tough to overcome isn't it yeah and that's what most of the people from my pole circles left from it was in first couple weeks either just scared of heights and didn't like it or just they just changed their mind they wanted to do a different trade yeah speaking of instructors so so as uh, a lot of these guys you know they have a tremendous amount of experience in the trade they come in here they have a lot of a lot of quotes a lot of a lot of advice that they give what would you say has been the best advice that you've received from your instructor or one of the instructors here uh probably that you can never be too safe in working with electricity you always need to be safe. Safety is the number one thing, really, that I've understood. Yeah, that's really important. It's really important for us to – that was really one of the reasons why, I mean, line schools exist really in general is because it's – they're relatively new uh, when you think of it in the sense of how long the industry has been around. Mm-hmm. But it's a pathway to make sure that you guys have a, a good foundation and safety has to be – it has to be the most important thing because, you know, you really, the way it was, the way it was taught, you just kind of learn from the guy ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And now there's just more of a process. There's more, there's a, you know, that's an apprenticeship, but really making sure you have the fundamental 
skills that you need to have moving from this step to the next, because what happens is just like anything else, you get very comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, and that comfort obviously creates problems when you get working up in the lines and doing energized work. You always have to be focused on that safety. So that's good that you're, you're bringing that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's also what the instructors say. Don't like start doing it. Like it just comes natural. You just start messing up like that. And the videos we watch in class, all the people getting hurt working with, that's always what they said they did was just not being safe, not thinking about it. They were just ready to get off work, not thinking, and you touch a live wire. Yeah, it's it's a conversation. It's, it's interesting, too. We just This is last week. We're, we're sitting here talking to our, our insurance broker, and he's telling us these stories about accidents. Now, they're vehicle accidents, you know, but – and, and uh, I was, I, so I took that information and I ended up having a conversation with my son and my wife about, you know, they were traveling this week and just talking about safety and talking about the importance of being in the vehicle or me traveling. And I'm telling the story. I'm like, man, it makes me want to inch, uh, up, up my, up my uh, coverage. You know, I'm hearing, hearing <laughs> this, uh, this insurance guy talk about coverage and accidents, but it's just like you, anything else, being on the road. What happens? There's a lapse of judgment. Everybody knows, mm-hmm. you know, you've been driving a car for 20 years. What do you do? You get in the vehicle, you're driving. Typically, the accidents happen because it's a maybe a lapse of judgment, mm-hmm. you know, or circumstances. It's really no different. Um, you know, you know what to do, um, but you put yourself in a situation or you allow your guard to go down mm-hmm. because you get very comfortable, again, like texting and driving, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the same thing really in this industry as well. You know, you just have to always be... The difference is, is you can make a mistake, you know, maybe driving your vehicle, or you can make a mistake in other areas where you get comfortable or you, you can't really make a mistake in this trade. Yeah. It'll cost you too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we're, we're, uh, you know, making that a, a critical foundation part of your, your training. So you've been here for, oh gosh, it's been about what, eight, nine weeks now. No, well, we, we have four further. weeks left. So yeah, we got four weeks left. So 11 weeks you've been yep. here. Um, Lots been thrown at you. Uh, we move pretty quick, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of expectations on you to keep up and to keep up with, with the whole group. And I know a lot of people don't plan or anticipate on the amount of information they're going to learn over time, the amount of experiences they're going to have, the amount of challenges, personal challenges they're going to have. Uh, what's one of the things that you may have learned about yourself that surprised you about yourself uh, over this past 11 weeks? Really? I used to be quiet, like, when I worked at Deep South, I didn't talk to nobody, really. I just just did my own thing. But coming here, I like, you learn more when you help out other people, really. Because I'll be, somebody be up on the pole, I'll be on the ground, you just holler and tell them what to do. And it's really helping you and them out at the same time. And that's really, I was surprised I'm so talkative now. Yeah, well, you know, in this, in this industry, in this trade, too, it really uh, encourages uh, camaraderie and teamwork. I mean, yeah. this is critical. You can't, you, know, you can't do that. And that's, that's a, that's something that really, uh, having good teamwork is mm-hmm. something you use in really area of your life. So it's good that, you know, you are, uh, you're learning that now, the importance of that. Mm-hmm. And in my older age, I'm realizing the importance of relationships and, and the value that I place on them. Mm-hmm. So it's good that you're, uh, you're discovering that. Yeah. I mean, my good buddy Zach, you probably think we know each other our whole lives, but the first time we met was up here, and now you would think we've known each other our whole lives. Yeah, 
I think there's something about ex- shared experiences. You know, uh, you guys going through something like this and mm-hmm. in a 15 week period, um, there's something about that that really bonds you together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that will come through come through school and then they graduate and they, they stay in contact for a really long time. I mean, I've had similar experiences with things that I've done in my life uh, with men that I've, uh, again, a shared experience with. PJ and I have done, we continue to do stuff. We do a lot of crazy adventure things mm-hmm. together. But those shared experiences, like we, we can go back and talk and just how we felt and what we were going through and, and we're relatable, right? So you've got guys here, you, you know they know the challenges and the struggle mm-hmm. and the difficulties that can come come about through line school because uh, you know you shared it with them, you went we through it, it with together. Them. Yeah, that's the biggest misconception is that you know that we don't need anybody. We can we can handle everything on our own. I think real maturity is when you realize that you need people just as much as you know they need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the pillars of kind of the way that we live our lives is is understanding family is not just people that have at home you know that are they're pulling for you but the people that you're going through experiences here with mm-hmm. people that you'll have on your line crew when you get out there that's family i mean it really is you'll spend as much time with them as um as you will with your and you know, your flesh and blood so mm-hmm. having that realization is a, at an early age is is awesome and coming out of your shell and realizing that um yeah you're leaps and bounds how old are you 20 20 years old just turned 20 up here happy birthday Thanks. yeah yeah <laughs> So talking about quotes, PJ, you always, there's a, there's a, a quote that you always say, I know you're going to know which one it is. Cause we're talking about, uh, togetherness, uh, you always share it. So we talked about, we just mentioned quotes. And we're going to give you one. If you want to go far. Oh yeah. You can go, you can go faster alone. You can go further together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. So just the importance of, of, you know, unity and team and teamwork. Um, what would you say, Trevor, is uh, your biggest fear? My biggest fear is probably not succeeding in life. That's what I would say. So let's break that down a little bit. What is that? Yeah, what does is success? Like? To have a family, of course, have a good job, know what you go do when you get older, just being successful and just stuff like that. Knowing how your life's going to turn out, just – don't want to be a bum and stuff like that. Yeah. So one thing that I would say, choosing this career path, it's going to provide certainly a financial opportunity for you mm-hmm. and means that you're not going to, you're not going to have to worry about, am I going to be able to provide for my family? Am I going to be able to make a living? Um, so you got, you can check that box for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, successful for, for me, I think as it changes, as you, as you get older, you start evaluating things a little bit differently. Um, but I, I go back to that conversation we had about relationships and it's the relationships I make, um, the people I meet, you know, the, the investment in, in my family mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things that really at the end of the day, make the biggest, make the biggest impact. Uh, and the thing is you're, you're, you're checking a box on a really big thing. Like can I provide, and that's a great thing you're thinking about mm-hmm. that now, you know, can uh, you want to worry you want to, you don't want to be dependent upon someone else, yeah. right? You want to be d- independent. And, um, and that's the, that's the thing that we love about being here and training is we see that, you know, we, we were able to witness 
someone like yourself that, you know, had some challenges growing up and you've chosen this career path and what happens when, you know, two, three, four, ten years from now, we look back and we see, you know, we would get to be a very small part of, you know, the the part we play is very small, but it's it we, we see a lot of success that comes from guys that, that come through here and and go out and, and get into this career. Yeah, success is funny how it, it gets the measuring stick gets changed as you get older. Like success for you right now is completing this program, mm-hmm. get, starting a job. Next level of success is you know finding that the right spouse and and being able to you know achieve those goals together. Then suddenly you have kids and you're looking on at the kids and your your success is based on how they turn out. Yes, sir. So that that bar keeps changing, but um, I mean I I think if you stay motivated by the the accomplishments you've had you know this is going to be a a a big pillar um, graduating the lineman school here not just for you but for whoever you're going to be providing for in the future i mean you you've made that investment in their lives while you're here i know it's a little maybe a little bit too deep for this podcast but that's (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things that uh i know about you is is uh your knee replacement yeah so tell us a little bit about that you got a knee replaced and you're still here doing work so Yep. How'd that work out? It was my senior year of football. I've had this bothered me before all throughout high school because I did weightlifting and everything, deadlifting. Really, I heard it a bunch. And um, it was my senior year, second game of football. I want to. I played middle linebacker. I want to made made tackle. I want to get up. I just fell right back down, and my knee just started killing me right then. And I started crying right away. I thought my season was done because I couldn't walk on it, couldn't stand up. They helped me off the field. The trainer was looking at it. He said, you have to go to Andrews in the morning. Andrews Institute, the big sports doctor down in Pensacola. And um, went there the next day. They said I ripped my MCL, meniscus, and all my cartilage was going in my knee. And they said we got to do surgery on it. I said, well, this is my senior year. I want I want to be able to play. They said, well, we really want you to do surgery. I said, is there any way y'all can give me a cortisone shot and wait till the end of the season? They said, we don't like to do that, but we can't tell you you have to have surgery. So they did a cortisone shot, and I missed one game, and I played the rest of the game off of two cortisone shots they finally have to give me. Then um, right at the end of the season, about a week after, they did the surgery. They stitched all the muscles back together first. And as soon as I got back walking again, I had to go back in and drill a hole and then refill with cadaver cartilage. Stitched me back up, more physical therapy. And um, I was at my final checkup. He said, so what you plan on doing? I said, I want to be a lineman. I'm already going to lineman school, thinking about it. He said, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. You probably need an office or a sit-down job. I wouldn't be standing on that knee every day. It's just going to cause you problems every day you go to work. And so here I am now. Have you had any problems? No, nope, not at all. That's great. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's a there's a guy, I know you're on Instagram, right? A little bit. Okay, <laughs> so knees over toes guy. Um, knees over toes guy in Squat University. Um, but the knees over toes guy is real interesting because he had 
just a way to really protect your knee long term. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just opportunities to kind of rehab and and keep it get, get actually get it stronger. Mm-hmm. So one of the things he recommends is pulling a sled in reverse. So my son, who's a weightlifter, who's just a year younger than you, mm-hmm. um, has had some struggles with his knees as well. Um, he's had um, uh, his uh, quad tendonitis right above the mm-hmm. knee. So he's been doing a ton of that type of stuff. So I just say if you ever, you know, one thing, if you if you get, still stay into weight weight training or lifting or any of that kind of stuff, there's some there's definitely a lot of great information out there, but the knees over toes guys – yeah, look never, him up. I need to look him up. I never thought of that, pulling a sled in reverse. Well, man, there's you're working <laughs> that knee every day. Mm-hmm. You're up and down all day long, climbing, you know, virtually climbing stairs all day long. So yep. I think you're doing, man, you're doing great to even be where you're at right now. Um, so looking back over, you know, the time that you've you've been here, what's something that piece of advice that you would give somebody who's considering coming to line school? Um, maybe something that you wish you knew before you came here or something that you've learned since you've been here? As you're looking to come, I would come here because it's like a big family here, but they do push you the first couple of weeks of climbing up, down, up, down, up, down, be hard. But if you make it through that, it, they help you out pretty much all the way through. Is there anything you could have done differently, like to prepare to come here? Like any we get that question a lot, like a lot of times, even from the, the academic standpoint, they're like, mm-hmm. can I study ahead of time? Can I, how, what can I do to prep? We always say, well, it's really hard because the curriculum's really geared yeah. towards specific um, trade related information. Um, we just usually say, you know, you know, obviously there's, there's certain activity you want to, you know, and it's going to be very physical. So mm-hmm. a lot of times if I'm telling somebody calisthenics, stretching, body weight movements, mm. things like that. Um, obviously, if you're, you know, young buck like yourself, you know, usually adjust pretty well. But um, is there anything that you can think of that would have maybe better prepared you? I would say working out with your legs, like getting your muscles and your legs built up more because you're obviously climbing every day. And uh, also, I could uh, school-wise, that CDL. I was going to ask uh, about yeah. that. I would recommend everybody get the get their CDL, and that would help you out a lot before you come here. Yeah, it's a it's a time crunch to get mm-hmm. all that in. I try to explain that. We try to explain that. You know, we're not a CDL school, but you got to have CDL do this line of work. Yep. So having that beforehand's a, a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're not going to get a ton of time behind the wheel, so you know that uh, the after hours that's required is pretty key. Oh yeah. Even even everything you need to we have available for. For your permit test, right? Even being able to study that before you get here mm-hmm. or spend time while you're here on it. I mean, most people take it for granted and, mm-hmm. and you see them struggling towards the end trying to get it. Yeah, that's what most kids got hung up in is CDL. And they say that's the hardest test here to get your CDL and it, it's proven that it was the hardest. So Trevor, what's your favorite piece of equipment that you've used, that you've used in line school so far? I like the Digger Derrick truck. Okay. It's fun to run it because a little bit of crane yep. and got the auger on it, setting poles. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's amazing how a piece of equipment makes the job so much better. Oh, yeah. You imagine hand-setting poles. <laughs> Digging them by hand. I mean, you're, obviously that'll be something you'll probably run into, but, um, man, you'll appreciate that truck even more oh, yeah. after that. 
even the hydraulic tamp. Oh yeah, that's a lot better than doing it by hand. Oh yeah, just makes everything easier. So you graduate in four weeks. Yes, sir. Um, you've had a ton of recruiters here. You maybe even had an idea who you wanted to go to work for when you got out of here. So what's next for you? I want to go to a contractor and travel and just travel while I'm young. Really, just I got a camper. Just follow the jobs. You're ahead of it. Yeah, that's a great. <laughs> It's a great outlook, great plan. Uh, we we do hear a lot of our graduates will will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where do I go to? Where do I need to go to make the most money uh, in this time of my life? And and um, sometimes they'll buy campers and because it gives them a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, cheaper than a hotel room too, most of the time. Staying at a campground. Well, yeah, and if you're there for a while, it is your home. Yeah, right. You're not in a hotel room mm-hmm. at that time, so. I mean, you said you're on Instagram a little bit, so if listeners want to connect with you with questions before they come to line school or, or kind of follow your path as you as you leave here, where where can they learn more about you? Where can they connect with you? I got Instagram, and that would be, it's just Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R, Dylan, D-I-L-L-A-N. And I'm also on Facebook and Snapchat, pretty much everything. So you need to know. <laughs> is Snap the thing? Because, I mean, Facebook's kind of, that's like a, for old people, right? Yeah, it's dying out <laughs> to these younger kids. Yeah, now is... You, you talk about relationship that you have with Zach, um, our buddies. You got to know each other. It's funny because um, I told you my, my, my son's 19, and um, he's going off to school. He's not going to line school. He's, he's, he's going the traditional route. But mm-hmm. he, he met some buddies that um, he met a friend. He's like, man, I feel like I know this guy. He's going to be his roommate in the yeah. fall. And, um, you know, he's he's uh, he feels like he knows him already, so I imagine that's a similar kind of thing. You just kind of. Things click. So, what's without saying? Have you talked to Zach? I mean, does Zach have a similar plan as you? Like, are y'all both gonna y'all gonna you know get on the road together and 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 work on a crew together? Or does he have a little bit different game plan? You know, uh, he's always talked about Cellcat. He wants to go to Cellcat. Okay, and that's pretty much in Georgia, isn't it? Well, it's the Union Path for yeah um, the whole Southeast. Yeah, correct. yeah. He wants to do that, and I kind of want to do contracting and. Yeah, that's a way though. I mean, the union route's still a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just just realize going, you know, going through Cellcat, depending on what part of the country you're working, Cellcat's just in the southeast. Yeah. But there's unions all over. So we mm-hmm. have have we have graduates that are they'll go union route. They can sign the books anywhere and they can work. So yeah. it's just a it's just a, another another thing to think about. Just definitely can can go that route with as well. Yeah, y'all be y'all might not be working on the same crew and stuff like that, but um, may see each other in storms and stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Elevated Gear. Elevated Gear is the one-stop shop for all things Lyman Country and Southeast Lyman Training Center, from high-quality shirts and hats to name-brand sunglasses, tools, and more. Elevated Gear has everything you need. Stop by our store in Trenton, Georgia, or shop online at elevatedgear.com. So we're going we're going to turn the table here. We've been asking all the questions. We just kind of open the floor for you to ask some questions for us. You got any got any questions? Mm. Putting us on the spot here. What made y'all want to do a school like this? Well, it's family. family. Um, it was a. Uh, it's it's kind of an interesting story of how this all came about, but and I'm probably too long for this podcast. But um, 
but it was family that got us into this. And then, um, honestly, it's the, 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 although PJ and I both, I'm speaking for us, our background's really not in the trades. Um, the idea of being able to provide again, the training and the experience and the foundation and the season success, I, I, by nature, my, my nature, I, I love the coaching aspect. I always love sports, mm-hmm. always love the team environment. Um, I love to coach and train just in my spare time. And so by nature, I feel like I'm a, a part of that here, even though I'm not out in the pole circles and I'm not teaching you, you wouldn't want that. But, um, at the same time, I'm part of the process of, of equipping a lot of individuals that are going into a great career. Mm-hmm. And so it, the reward really is, is again, the, the payback is when we hear the success stories of, of guys and graduates. So I get to be a small part of that process. And so that's, that's what drives me every day is, um, is seeing, seeing individuals like yourself that are, that are coming through and hearing the stories and then watching you guys flourish when you get out in the, in the trades. Trying to think of some more questions to ask. <laughs> y'all had all the questions. Y'all ain't really brothers, y'all, by marriage. We're in-laws, yeah. In-laws. In, in, brother-in-laws. Yeah, yeah in-laws. I grew up in southeast Florida. Um, went to school for um, occupational therapy and decided it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have two options, right? You either go to what you studied for or you, you just go to work and you start working. Um, wanted to always work for myself and ended up doing that for – yeah, for a lot of years until the opportunity to come up here with David and work together. Uh, wanted to see the succession of the, the business. We, uh, to David's point, there's nothing like seeing a graduate uh, who's had started a great career, who started a family, you know, bought mm-hmm. their first house. It it is um, just it's just an honor to be a part of that that whole process. Um, my boys, you know, I'd tell them about it, and they really didn't. They didn't have any point of reference. I remember we were driving down to Florida. Being from Florida, we're driving to Florida as a hurricane's coming in. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just you know a couple hours of bad weather, and then mm-hmm. you know maybe the power's out, maybe it's not. So we're Used to. we're heading down, and we get into a parking lot in uh, Valdosta, halfway down. We're pulling out the next morning. The boys see all these line trucks, and they're just they're pulling out their hand lines and getting everything situated, waiting for um, you know their next orders and where mm-hmm. they're going. Let, let's just drive by. I'll show you guys the, you know, what they're doing and stay in the car. And we drove by and rolled the window down and hear my name yelled out two or three times. And it's graduates of ours from either recently to years prior. <laughs> and um, I think it all made sense to them at that point. It's like they're they're everywhere. You guys mm-hmm. are everywhere, and you're making a difference. You're making an impact. And mm-hmm. um, they were just they're you know as proud as they could be as little guys that you know <laughs> that there was a, a relationship there. And knowing that these these guys had spent 15 weeks at the school, and they're working in their career, and they're still excited about it, it's um, to David's point, it's feeling like being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Is, words can't describe it. Well, that's uh, that's going to wrap up, I think, Trevor. We really appreciate you being on on the show. Yeah, thank you. And uh, good luck to the remaining few weeks you have, and and uh, for graduation, you're gonna you're gonna have family up here. You're gonna have your mom come up here. Probably a lot of family. Okay, well, you <laughs> you need to make sure uh, we meet them all. I will, because uh, uh, we really uh, really appreciate you you being here and sharing a little bit of time with us, sharing your story with us. Thank y'all. It was fun. Thanks for being on. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Lyman Country Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us, please make sure to subscribe, share on social media, and leave a rating or review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.